This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right, it's that all important time once again. Oh, yes, time for the Decibel Geek Podcast, your home for rock and roll and podcasting. This is where it all comes together. I'm your host, Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my kick ass co host and awesome friend, Chris Sinzak. What's going on, brother? Have you thawed out since last week? Oh, yeah. It's been uh, like 70-something degrees the last couple of days. It's been beautiful. I love it. Welcome to Tennessee. Last week, we're iced in. This week, it's 70 degrees and the sun's shining every day. You got to love it. Well, and then starting tomorrow, we're going to have like four four days of rain. So now we're going to have the great flood of 2021. Great, great. Well, at least the ground thawed out before that all comes, so we should hopefully all be standing. Good news, man. You know, Rockin' Pod season is coming up. It's right around the corner, coming up at the beginning of August. And I noticed today that they made some big news. They're really pulling back the restrictions on the bars and the restaurants and the conventions and the expos and things here in nashville tennessee so i saw that and i was like hell yes full steam ahead for rock and pod yeah there's uh there was some some good news this week um there's a like the world travel organization or something like that they they have a designation for like safe like safest cities and and like this designation has only been given out so far to two cities and nashville's one of them so Hell yeah. the, the the numbers have gone down a lot um that's that's po- that's a very positive movement and uh yeah they are backing off on some of the restrictions the uh like all the case numbers are going down across the board yeah. and I can tell you this at my job I actually drive back and forth over the uh, Korean Veterans Bridge yeah. and right past the bridge is the big covid testing center a month ago driving past that place the line would be all the way out to the street. And I'm talking like hundreds of cars going into this place. Wow. And it would scare me. And I think, oh, I better tighten up my mask a little bit okay. driving past this place. But in the last couple of weeks, I've been noticing less and less cars. And now I'm driving past this place all the time. And today I drove past it and there was like two cars there. I'm talking about like a couple of weeks ago, 100 cars. Yeah. Today, two. Well, I um. I'm just I'm praying and hoping that you know things continue to go in the direction they are and, and we we'll get past this damn thing and I know everybody wear your masks be safe get your vaccination if you're able to my my mom finally got approved to get hers this weekend good so um so that's good my brother he works in healthcare he's got both shots now and he's doing okay right on uh, so it was a little little weird feeling for a day or two but otherwise he was fine and um but yeah just let's just all be careful and. You know, as far as how things look going ahead, I think things look positive. So I know some of you guys are on the fence about wanting to, you know, come, and I totally get that. Believe me, it's 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 good to be safe. So, um, but yeah, I think things are trending in the right direction, and hopefully, we'll see more of our friends come August. Heck yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. But before we get into everything, you know us here at the Decibel Geek Podcast, we got to give the love back to the people who give the love to us. The way we love it the best is when you leave us a review. Whether that's a Podchaser review, a Facebook recommendation, or an Apple Podcast review, either way, you leave us five stars and a sweet review, we're going to read it on the show, just like this one. Hey, look, he's back. It's Patrick Reeves. This one's a pod chaser review. I can tell it's got five pink stars. <laughs> I already know what this one's going to be. Mm-hmm. It goes like this. Holy crap, you guys did my request of best first albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sure did. He says, this truly makes you guys the best hard rock and metal podcast out there. <laughs> I'm glad that we are, that we got that seal of approval. Yeah, we earned it. Good luck with Rockin' Pod 2021. Stay safe, healthy, and keep rocking. That comes to us from Patrick Reeves. Awesome Pod Chaser review. You know what? Isn't that cool the way that works? You put in the suggestion, we ran with it. And we're going to continue running with it here today because we're coming back with part two, we're going to talk about the best second albums that came out. So last week, we covered the best debut albums in rock and roll history. Chris and I each picked our own. We went through the whole list of everything we could think of, and everybody seemed to dig the show. We're glad we did it. It was a lot of fun. And the people that went out and found the original post on Facebook and the original tweet on Twitter and said, you know what, I'm going to share that, and I'm going to retweet it, well, those people are Geeks of the Week. 
Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Matt Ashcraft, Joseph Capone, John Phillips, Mark Alden Taylor, Shay Hargett, Pantheon Podcast, Mike Parnell, Jeffrey Mendenhall, David Glenn, Wayne Cross, Bill Elam, Samuel Wetz, Alan Deshaun, Jay Shablewski, Hakon Bergstad, Tom Smoke, JJP, Body of the Soul, Ernesto Aguiar, Daniel Lee, Vet Halen, Eladio, Kevin Northern, Keith Rockford, Doug Fox, JJ, Ma- JJ McElhenney, and as always, the, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people. We appreciate it so much when you guys take our Facebook posts and our Twitter tweets and you retweet them, you share them. It helps other people find the show and that keeps us rocking. Hey, you know what? All these reviews, all these recommendations, all these shares, you know what that does for us? It keeps us right up in the top 10 of all time music history podcasts on iTunes. Pretty sweet. We, we crept down mm-hmm. to 12. We got right back up into 10. We're up there with the big stars. We're just normal dudes. Yeah, Robert Plant, watch out. We're right on your tail. <laughs> That's right, Dolly Parton. We're coming for you, <laughs> sucker. Well, how can you not like Dolly Parton? But, yeah, um, I love Dolly Parton. But, uh, she rocks. <laughs> also, I want to give a quick shout out to AKG Headphones. They are the ones who sent me these sweet headphones that I'm wearing. And thank you for supporting Decibel Geek and the Pantheon Podcast Network, which of which we are a part of. Heck yeah, and proud to be a part of it. Everybody check out Pantheon Podcasts and their awesome roster of all different kinds of music podcasts. I mean, maybe you love Dolly Parton. I'm sure there's some Dolly Parton on there. Maybe you love other rock and metal. I'm sure you're going to find that too. Maybe you love BJ Kahuna and the Shout It All Loudcast. That's their home also. Pantheon Podcast, give them a like and tell them thank you for supporting the Decibel Geek Podcast. So, with all that aside, are you ready to go into part two? What do we call yeah, this? this is- Sensational Seconds? Yeah, I had thought about calling it not so not such a sophomore slump, but that seemed too wordy. Yeah, but you know, yeah. you're, that's a t- stereotype of you know, oh, they hit the sophomore slump and their second album wasn't very good. Well, these right. are all cases. These are all albums where that wasn't the case. Yeah, I think the more difficult thing about this week is going to be is that there's going to be a lot more of them, and it's going to be really hard to whittle it down to five because I think for the most part. Like we said, you know, it's hard to knock it out of the park on your first try. But once you've got it under your belt, that first album, and now you're back into the studio, now you've already done this once, so you're kind of feeling like, you know, now we're more comfortable, we're ready to rock, you're writing new songs, you're feeling good about what you're doing, and you come back strong with that second offering. And I think today we're going to find out there's a lot of them. Yeah, and I mean, that that's, you know, people that tend to not have great second albums, they usually would say, well, you have your whole life to write the first one, then you get six months to do the second one. Right. Um, but that's, you know, and that, that sometimes happens. And some of these albums were churned out fast, and there's magic on them because the bands were, you know, cranking out on all cylinders. I do want to say a couple things before we get into this. So, first... We had somebody on uh, Instagram. They they had a little bit of a hard time with how we went about it. Well, we're going to do go about it the same way again this week. <laughs> Why? What's the problem? Well, he was like, he was like, I'm 20 minutes in on this, and so far it's just an it's just Aaron Camaro reading off a list of, of albums that that are good. Yeah. You know, he it, it like he didn't he didn't want to wait all the way till the end to hear what our top five were. Which you had to but, find out what the hell knows were. Yeah, that's the fun. We of want it. you to listen to the whole th- the whole episode. Now, hopefully, he continued because <laughs> he, he was like, I hope they get to it. And I, just, I commented, hey, we do get to it. Just if if that's your if that's the way you feel about it, then just go ahead and skip right now to the last five minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you'll then you'll hear our top five. Spoiler alert. There's a lot of like you know I made a long ass contenders list and we want to go through them and you yeah. know discuss them um and then also um a couple that i'm personally guilty of missing out on on best first that some people brought up one was the darkness's debut album i don't how did i not pick that yeah i don't know they had other good stuff too oh they did but then the biggest obvious one that both of us missed out on was the first boston record oh yes i thought about that afterwards too yeah i think that one's yeah, I don't know if they ever topped the first one. No, they certainly didn't top it, because how do you top that first one? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, if people don't want to hear me reading lists of bands and albums, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and take the charge this week? No, I wasn't meaning to make you not read the list. Yeah, no, I, too I, late, no. The people oh, okay. have spoken. Right. They want to hear you read the list. <laughs> okay, so, so, the, so the comment this week, well, oh, God, it's Chris reading a list of albums. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take one for the team this week, okay? All right. Let's go ahead and rip through it. Oh, 
all right so uh first one this is a, a very storied band with a ton of records and it's a contender but definitely is not going to make my top five but it's a great record and that's uh get your wings by aerosmith great record great songs on it their better stuff came later i can't include aerosmith on my list yeah i mean rocks i mean there's there's so many better albums than that one but i mean same old song and dance seasons of weather i mean there's a lot of good stuff but um but yeah can't go for that uh next one anthrax spreading the disease well they were on my hell no's for the first one so i'm gonna go ahead and say hell no on this one you know this is nah their better stuff came out later i think too as much as i love spreading the disease i think anthrax is a band that would continue to grow and get better and better and better as they went yeah well i love that record but uh i'm a bush thrax fan so what do i know me too i like it all this one almost made my top well i shouldn't keep saying that but i'll just say this was a definite contender was black sabbath paranoid yeah that's a tough one there because even last week black sabbath was a maybe with their self-titled debut and then paranoid is one of the most iconic rock and metal albums of all time i mean i spent a good portion of my childhood listening to that over and over and over on my dad's record player as a matter of fact when i was a real little kid I thought that was my dad on the album cover (laughs) (laughs) with the sword for real for the longest time when I was little, I thought that's, that was my dad on the cover. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. That guy. I love my dad, but I I can't give it to black Sabbath on this one. Again, I think, I mean, there's some great songs on paranoid. It's really hard to deny it. And I think a lot of people probably would pick paranoid. When I was first getting into Black Sabbath, this was the one that got the most play for me back then. But it's no technical ecstasy, so moving on. <laughs> um, no, nope, that it's definitely not. <laughs> I'm assigning that record to you in one day. In a few, there's a little teaser for a future episode. Yeah. Um, all right, next one, Def Leppard, High and Dry. <sighs> love this album. Oh, man. I really do love this album, but... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. I think their better stuff came later, or at least next. You thought Adrenalize was better? No, not not quite that far ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Dial it back. A little hysteria? Yeah, keep coming, keep coming. Would you take Pyromania over this one? I think I'd take... Oh, man, that is... You I know would what? Take Pyromania over it, but the most purest of Def Leppard like this one the best. Yeah, it's tough. There is a lot of great songs, and I really love that early Def Leppard, but yeah, not for me. I'm going to stick with uh, Pyromania too. Okay. All right. What about Doc and Tooth and Nail? Holy shit. <laughs> That's a great Docking album. Possibly my favorite. I don't, I don't know. I'll waffle back and forth. There's a couple others I like. Yeah, I I would say yes to that one. I don't know if it'd be in my top five, but I would definitely say that may be Dawkins' best album, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Under Lock and Key is pretty great, too. Yeah, that's um, I'm kind of leaning towards that. All right, so Great White, Shot in the Dark. We talked about last week how I feel about these first couple Great White albums when they were like Great Priest. Yeah. And I like that. I like that a lot, but it's Judas not white. true great white. Yeah, it's it's them trying to be something they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think most great white fans would say, no, their better stuff definitely came later. All right. Uh, this one's one that I like. I've always liked this record. Jimi Hendrix Experience, Axe's Boldest Love. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Jimi Hendrix Experience, Bold as Love. I think that should probably... That would definitely be a contender for this. I think, yeah, I think that might be their best album. I don't know. Are you experienced, though? <laughs> but this has Little Wings, so, I mean, and Little Wings my all-time favorite Hendrix song. I never heard that song until I heard Skid Row do it. Well, my favorite version is the Stevie Ray Vaughan instrumental version. It goes on for like 10 minutes. It's amazing. I used to get drunk, play pool, and, and put that on the jukebox when I lived in Kansas City all the time. Iron Maiden Killers. See, last week, when we talked about the best debut albums, you stopped me at Iron Maiden and said yes, and I thought no. But I thought you would even think Killers was better than the debut. Still like the debut better. It's, um, yeah, and I, and I still think their best stuff happened with Bruce Dickinson, so that's a no for Iron Maiden. 
Although it gets a big thumbs up for Murders in the Room Award. Love that song. Yeah. Oh, man, I ain't taking nothing away from it. Either one of yeah. those albums. I love the early stuff, too. But to me, Iron Maiden is with Bruce Dickinson. Like, that should have been... If you go back, like, if I... Again, this it comes back for me to my iPod and how I divvy things up on my iPod. The Bruce mm-hmm. Dickinson stuff and the early Maiden stuff is separate. Right. I don't leave that together. All right, next one, Van Halen 2. Yes. That's making your list? I think so. But man, I love all the Van Halen albums, maybe equally. All of them? Well, all of them up to a certain point. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't know you're such a fan of balance. Yeah, and, I didn't. Uh, I forgot about that for a minute. <laughs> Van Halen 3. <laughs> I try to live my life oblivious to the fact that David Lee Roth ever left Van Halen, and everybody reminds me all the time, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, that mm. one's hard to argue. I mean, it's such a great album. Like we said last week, it was difficult not to include Van Halen 1, and it's the same thing with Van Halen 2. But then you think about the albums that came out after that that were great. Diver Down and Women and Children First. I love those albums. Fair warning. Fair warning. Hell yes. You know, I think maybe, hmm, yeah, see, that's a tough one there. I would say Van Halen 2, yeah, such a great album. I have to, I'm going to write that one down because I think that one at least deserves to be in high consideration. This is my favorite Van Halen record. Yeah. I think the only album that competes with it is the first one. I think that it's the best one-two punch almost of any band ever. But I go back to two more often than the first one. The first one probably has better songs overall, but the sound and the vibe of the second one is just so, it's so murky and dark, but it's also got a fun edge to it. It's it's a strange mix of stuff. It's the reason why they were great because you've got David Lee Roth bringing the, you know, the entertainment aspect into it. And then, you know, Eddie's doing all these wacky things on the guitar, but then there's this, the whole Brown sound thing with how his guitar was mixed and then Michael Anthony's backing vocal. Like, it's just, it's the perfect mix of musicians. Yep. Early Van Halen, perfect band. All right. So obviously that's going to make my list. Um, Judas Priest, Sad Wings of Destiny. Man, I've got such a great appreciation for that album, especially in the last year where I really took the dive into the early Judas Priest stuff. And when we did our episode with Julian Gill talking about the Judas Priest 70s discography and this is such a great underrated album with such great songs on it. Is it the best Judas Priest album? Mm, I don't know about that. You know, I think there's other stuff that's better, but this one is a difficult one to eliminate because it's really good. It would make my top five Priest albums, but it's not going to make my top five on today. But uh, agreed. I think it's Priest's best album cover. Yeah, it's got a pretty awesome album cover. Yeah. All right, next one. This is a sentimental choice but killer dwarfs stand tall yeah i think so for them i think definitely i think that's their best album i don't though no i I think it's it's a great second record but i think uh my favorite is no everybody goes to dirty weapons yeah that because that was the only dirty weapons was the one that kind of made me juggle that one a little bit but i was thinking song for song maybe stand tall the one that song for song that I like the best is Method to the Madness. That was Jerry yeah. Finn's first album with them, and he wrote a lot of the stuff on it. And I, but I just I think it's the most full cohesive record they did. That is a but, damn good album too, man. I don't but, I don't listen. I don't have enough Killer Dwarfs in my life. I need to change that. I, I need to get Jerry back on the show and do an albums unleashed on Method to the Madness because that that album deserves some spotlight. Yeah, pretty killer. But yeah, Dirty Weapons gets all the love because it's kind of the biggest thing they did in the U.S. Yeah, because that's the one I remember the music video of. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the only time MTV gave them any attention, really. Um, Next one, definitely not my favorite of this band's, but it's a great album. I thought it deserved mentioning was King's X, Out of the Silent Planet. Uh, I'm going to say no. They had better stuff come later. Oh, yeah, I agree. I just wanted to give it a mention. Okay. Uh, Kiss, Hotter Than Hell. Some people would say this is Kiss's best album. I'm not one of them. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I'm one of them either. I prefer the debut over Hotter Than Hell yeah. and possibly better stuff later. I think I like it better than the debut, but I like Dress to Kill better than Hotter Than Hell. But um, yeah. but still, Rock and Roll Over is still my favorite Kiss record right now. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, but it's, oh yeah, I can't I can't pick it, but I you know definitely wor- deserves a mention. Uh, then another one that... So how do you like that? The Kiss Lovers... 
Eliminate Kiss two weeks in a row. Yeah, well, I can't just can't pick them now. If it was you know Crazy Nights was in contention, maybe. <laughs> but that'll piss somebody off. I'm sure. Yeah, say we'll save that for the uh, the best. 26th or however that was. <laughs> I don't even know what album number that would be. Yeah. No, the best be, best album that was conceptually trying to be Bon Jovi. Kiss Crazy uh, Night. Um, we'll do like uh, the influence of Bon Jovi. Yeah, there, there's a whole we can do a whole episode about bands that tried to copy Bon Jovi and we'll call it Bon Phony. <laughs> <laughs> Two parter. Yeah. Oh, you could make a five parter as many bands that are trying to be those guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I found some, I don't know if you saw it on YouTube, I found this cool footage on YouTube of uh, backstage footage of Rat and Bon Jovi in 1985 in Wichita, Kansas. Was Rat stealing all their light bulbs? Uh, Rat was the headliner and Bon Jovi was the opening band. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that makes sense at one point just for a minute there. Yeah, Rat was bigger. Yeah. Interesting footage to watch, but uh, yeah, anyway. Um, all right, next one, Led Zeppelin two. No, I don't no. think so. Physical Graffiti is my favorite Led Zeppelin, huh. so I think their better stuff comes later. Houses of the Holy for me. Yeah. I think that, that's my favorite. See, so their best stuff is yet to come. Although it is great. Um, Metallica, Ride the Lightning. This is difficult, because last week I said no to kill them all, but then you presented such an awesome case for it that it made me really question that because originally I thought, you know, I bounced between all the first three albums of Metallica. I just freaking love, you know, that to me is the best Metallica, the first three. Ride the Lightning, I don't think there's a bad song on it, but I love Master of Puppets as well. So this one is really a hard pick because between the three of them, I really, for different ways, love them equally. But, uh, yeah, I just, I always lean towards Master of Puppets. So I hate to do it, but I'm going to say no to Ride the Lightning. I'm not a big fan of Ride the Lightning. No? I mean, it. I mean it's a great record for what it is, but it, it's probably like maybe fourth or fifth in my list for them. You know, I I don't know. I like Kill Em All just so much more raw and punkish sounding than yeah i don't really like any kind of sterile sounding in a lot of places yeah i guess i could see that i mean it's uh lulu is better no, I'm just oh um, wait a minute <laughs> yeah. no i'm not saying that i just just not i don't know the songs i like on it i love but there's some stuff on here i just don't like everyone raves about fight fire with fire that song never did much for me no i love that mm. song so heavy so cool that's okay uh, all right, next one. This is one that I'm I'm not going to pick this because there's another record later that I love way more than this one, but it's a great record, and we're probably going to get grief for not picking it. Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. Hell yes. I think 100% without a doubt, Shout at the Devil is the best Motley Crue album. I'll take the Karabi album over it. Eh, to me, always that Karabi album, that's another one. I kind of, in my mind, I separate that. I, like pick that out of the crew discography and that sits alone somewhere but to me motley crew is tommy lee vince neal mick mars nikki six you know that's true crew to me when you're talking yeah. about true motley crew you just can't beat shout at the devil yes absolutely that will as far as i can tell so far will be in my top five okay that's all well and good but aaron what, what was the actual name of the uh, karabi album uh you know, John Karabi featuring Motley Crue, 1994. Nope. It was called Motley Crue. I know it was. <laughs> I know it was. And you can't change it, so it is what it is. So I, I understand where you're coming from. And I do love that album so much, too. I think probably my second favorite Motley Crue album behind Shout the Devil. I would do Karabi, then I would do Theater of Pain, and then I would do Shout at the Devil. You're crazy like what i like yeah i know coming from the mr ambrosia fan oh it, what, we're on about 26 minutes before you finally got around to roasting me for that <laughs> i was just waiting for the right opportunity oh i know i'm gonna hear all about it on friday night i yeah. know that's coming yeah i don't give a damn i like what i like <laughs> so where where does ambrosia's second album rank for you <laughs> it's not as good as the first one okay juice newton that's a whole nother league. Okay. Nickelback? Who? 
Motorhead. We're going to get to Motorhead. Uh, Motorhead Overkill. Love it. I freaking love that album. Is it the best Motorhead album? Oh, man. It's pretty close, but I'm going to say no. Oh, I hate to do it because I do love that album a lot, but I think there's other albums in the Motorhead discography that are better. And I think, you know, Ace of Spades, everybody says that's the best Motorhead album, but they say it for a reason because there's not a bad song on the entire thing. You know, it's no, I, I don't yeah. want to seem like a nerd that just follows the crowd, you know, because usually I can pride myself on being different. But right. it's hard to argue with uh, Ace of Spades. It's just such a great album. All these albums by Motorhead are good in, the, in that era, including yeah. Overkill. I mean, one of the best metal albums ever. But I just can't. I can't do it. I like Overkill, but yeah, I mean, and you know, you know, the trendy, I guess, pick would be Ace of Spades. But it, you're right, though. It's it's like they're probably the most complete record they have. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, although Orgasmatron kind of rules too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't even pick like a power pop Motorhead album. The, well, what was that? What was it? What was the one Overnight Sensation or something? Yeah, that one that, was a little bit that, different, but I mean, it's still Motorhead. Yeah, but it's them. It was them trying to stretch a little bit. Yeah, as far as you can stretch Lemmy, which isn't very yeah. far. No. All right. That's um, okay. That's good. Ozzy, Os- Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman. Yeah, as far as last week, I didn't put Blizzard of Oz in because of Diary of a Madman, so I'm going to say absolutely yes, Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman would be in my top five. Will not make my top five. I'm, but I'm. Let me guess, because you love the ultimate sin so much. I don't like it the best. I do no. love it, but no, I, I don't know. What would I put as my favorite Aussie song? Honestly, maybe. Well, maybe either No Rest for the Wicked or No More Tears. I'm a Zach guy. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Me too. I, but I, I love all the other stuff too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Diary's great too, and you know, just I, can't fuck with Randy Rhodes though. No. So, yeah, I think Diary is definitely so close to Blizzard of Oz, but I think it's still the best Ozzy album. All right. Uh, this one will not make my list, but it's definitely, I think, the well, I don't know, the later stuff that this band did is almost better than this, but it's kind of well known that like Future World by Pretty Maids is kind of like their calling card record. Yeah. I don't know, Jack, nothing about Pretty Maids except... In the last 10 years that we've been doing the Decibel Geek podcast, they've been coming out with great albums. So yeah. I really don't know nothing about their early stuff. I only know Pretty Maids by the new stuff they come out with, which is great. So I'm just going to guess and say their best stuff came out a year or two ago. <laughs> well, it's kind of a Striper situation where it where it's different. You know, it's you know the Striper stuff that's coming out now is a little tougher and heavier than, yeah. than the 80s was, even though that stuff was heavy, too. But like they they almost sound like two different bands and Future World, if you listen to it back to back with something like Motherland that came out a few years ago, you'd be like, That doesn't even sound like the same band. So hmm. but but I've listened to the all the other pretty made stuff from the early days and Future World's probably the best thing. So I I'm I'm not gonna put it on my list, but it, it deserves credit. Okay. Uh and that's Queensryche Purist would probably argue that Rage for Order might be their best record, but I will not, but I'll mention it. Yeah, no Queensryche for me either. All right, next one, Michael Schenker Group, MSG. Eh, last week you claimed that the debut album was the best. It is, <laughs> but I like this one too. Though this one has uh, "On and On," which might be my favorite MSG song. Yeah, but but the, as a full record, it's not as good as the first one. That's another band I got to familiarize myself with a lot more. I know I got some of the I got some of the uh, stuff with Robin McCauley on it. And I dig yeah. all that, but I don't really know nothing about the early years. I haven't. I don't know if I've ever listened to any of it. Well, the early stuff's more priesty British heavy metal, yeah. and then the Robin McCauley stuff's a little bit more hair metal stuff. Right. So yeah, they definitely change their sound with hmm. Robin. See, I got to get into some of that early MSG. I think you'd like it, especially the first record. You'd love. Okay. I mean, I, you've heard some of that stuff, like Armed and Ready. You've heard that before. Yeah, right? I guess I've heard that. Yeah, that's a great record. All right, next one. Uh, Stars Violation. It's a great album, but I'm always going to go with Attention Shoppers. 
Yeah, I like that one too. I don't know. This one's a bit of a toss-up between this one and the first one for me. It's not going to make my, my list as far as my favorite five, but um, but it's a great record. Great record. All right. Next is Tesla, the great radio controversy. No, I think we... I think just like last week where we said not no... We said no to the debut album because their better stuff was coming later. As great as that album was, yeah. the second album, great radio controversy, amazing album. Yeah, I I kind of lead towards Psychotic Supper. I do too. I still think that's my favorite. Yeah, mine too. All right, how about Twisted Sister? You can't stop rock and roll. Yes, I think that I would consider that one to definitely be Twisted Sister's best album. Nah, love is for suckers. <laughs> oh, that's my. F- if Desmond Child could just produce them all, right? Did he produce that one? No, but it sounds like it. Yeah, it's definitely more poppy. No, I definitely think that one would deserve. I'm writing it down at the end. I know I'm all. Well, I'm already up to four, and we're not <laughs> even all the way through this. Uh-oh. So uh, I'm gonna have to knock some of these off at the end, but. Yeah. I will definitely put that one up for consideration, for sure. Did you know Love is for Suckers was uh, supposed to be a D. Snyder solo record? Yeah, you said that last week. Oh, did I? But then wasn't it, it was going to be, but then the record company, like they always did back in them days, go, oh, no, no, the name Power is in Twisted Sister, who nobody cares about D. Snyder. That's what I heard. And then the rest of the band comes back and goes, well, that's bullshit because now, well, oh, look who needs us now, you know, kind of stuff, which <laughs> I can understand that too. You know, if D. Snyder says, I'm going to make a solo album and the record company says, no, no, you're not. And now he's got to go back to the band who he just told he was going solo. Yeah. Yeah. That could lead to problems. That's probably yep. why that was Twisted Sister's last album. Yeah. That's what I heard. Now I'm sure somebody will come back and say, you guys are idiots. That's not how it was at all, but that's fine. Maybe, but I will yeah. tell you this. You can't stop rock and roll is Twisted Sister's best album. Hmm. Uh, not stay hungry. Eh, I don't know. There's, it's hard to say some of these bands, they got such great albums. I mean, just like Tesla, just yeah. like all these other ones we've been talking about so many great albums in their whole career. It really is hard just to pick one. And this week it's even more difficult because I think more bands really hit it good on their second albums. You're definitely going to have to cut stuff because I'm looking at the rest of the list. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Look at that. I know your taste. I got How about, about 20 the- on here now coming up. How about Sebastian Bach, Angel Down? Definitely. Definitely, yes. That album is so good. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that album because Sebastian Bach, of course, known for his run with Skid Row and his hatred of the Decibel Geek podcast. But we still love him. you know. And I really love that Angel Down album. It's really, you know, you wouldn't think so, but it's actually a perfect album. If you love Skid Row, there's nothing not to love about Angel Down. The production, the musicianship, the kick-ass rock songs, and the awesome vocals of Sebastian Bach. Yeah, it's the best thing he ever did. It's totally the best thing he ever did outside of Skid Row. All right. So uh, next up, this this came up last week, Cinderella, Long Cold Winter. Yeah, I'm still going to go with uh, Night Songs, I think. Yeah, Yeah, me too. All right, fast. Another band that came up last week, Faster Pussycat, Wake Me When It's Over. Without question, absolutely 100%. That is Faster Pussycat's best album. No doubt about it. Great one. All right, LA Guns, Cocked and Loaded. This is another band where, man, I really love all their albums pretty much equally. Even the weird stuff that was coming out in the 90s was just so good. I'm going to say. Even though this is the one I think most people probably would say is L.A. Gunn's best album, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say some of the stuff that came out later in the 90s and the 2000s, actually, song for song, is better. Like Shrinking Violet? Well, that one's pretty damn good, but that's the one with Jizzy Pearl. But I'm thinking about like uh, Waking the right. Dead, I think, is my favorite L.A. Guns album, which most people wow. wouldn't say that, but I really love that album a lot. And even Vicious Circle is killer, a great album with a shit ton of good songs on it. This classic L.A. Guns stuff, hard to beat, man. But this is one of them bands that consistently, for the most part, 
always put out good albums. You know, yeah, they got a couple of weird ones here and there, like uh, like the one uh, we talked about. Oh, when we oh when we talked to Loose Cannon and Baco, yeah, they got something American cool Heartful. coming up that we're going to be a part of. That you guys should keep your eyes open on Cobras and Fire because Chris and I recorded something with them just uh, earlier in the week. And uh, they got something cool coming your way. But we were discussing the American Hardcore album by the (laughs) L.A. Guns. So there are exceptions to the rule. Right. All right. I'll never forget watching. I saw the world premiere video for uh, Never Enough on MTV when it came out. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this band's really, really good. Um, All right. So what about Saigon Kick the Lizard? Yes, I think so. I think the Lizard is... And again, you know, it's the classic story with this album with me. Um, And we talked about it when we had Jason Beeler on with us for Friday Night Live about how a friend of mine said, dude, you got to check out this band Saigon Kick. And it was when The Lizard came out. But I'd already seen the music video. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) no thanks. Because the only thing I heard by them is Love It's On The Way. And I did not like it. I thought, what? what is this you know more trickster more firehouse you know rock is really getting wimpy you know i don't like this and so he's like check out this band saigon kick and i'm like no thanks and he's like but you gotta hear the rest of the album and i really didn't even care to hear it but then turns out that song is such a sore thumb on that thing (laughs) that it doesn't belong on there at all you know it's one of those weird things where the one song and Jason said it himself, you know, the women that would show up to hear Love is on its way and then hear the rest of the album and all their other rocking songs and be like, what? This is terrible. Oh, wait, they played my song. You know? <laughs> yeah. But to me, that's the stuff that's awesome. And I love the lizard except for that song. So I'm going to say yes. That okay. should definitely be on the list. I have a, an album flat for that record cover that I, I'm going to get Jason to sign in August. Right on. All right. Um, Shotgun Messiah, Second Coming. Oh, man, you're making this hard on me. Yes, this album should definitely be considered for this this conversation here. The Second Coming is so good. Such a great album. Shotgun Messiah is one of those bands. They're, you know, they're one of those Northern European bands and uh, just so unique, so different. You know, they came from a little bit of Hanoi Rocks with a little touch of New Wave a little bit mixed into that. And Tim Tim Scold's vocal delivery, so unique, so awesome. Harry Cody, one of the most underrated guitar players you'll ever, never have heard of. Oh, but he is a player. amazing. And that album is a guitar rocker's dream. You know, it's it's got it, man. Second Coming it may be one of the most underrated albums of all yep. time because... If you hear it, you're probably going to love it. And people from all different walks of different loves of different kinds of rock and metal could all dig that. There's a little something there for everybody, I think, mixed in with what they got going on. Maybe they were so unique, they just couldn't find their place. Maybe this album came out in the 90s, you know, (laughs) late 80s, early 90s when that shit just wasn't happening. But that's the problem. Yeah, Second Coming freaking rules, man. Love that album one of my favorite records from that entire era and and it if yeah if it if, could you imagine heartbreak boulevard being released two years earlier how big of a hit that song would have been massive that's one of the greatest songs of that entire era it's just so good yeah i remember working on z104 in central wisconsin in the late 90s early 2000s and you know every once in a while i would have the opportunity to sneak something on you know and maybe not say what it was just slip it in there in between the Godsmack and the Three Doors Down, and I would throw on that song, and people would always call and be like, what was that? Yep. But I'd never announce it on the radio, because then they'd come back and be like, Shotgun, what What are you doing on your shift? You know, you're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it was always cool when somebody would then call in and be like, I got to know what that was. Yep. And I'd feel good telling them I'm playing something like Shotgun Messiah. All right, how about Skid Row, Slave to the Grind? This is absolutely, without a doubt, the very first one I ever think of. No band has ever come back with a second album as strong as Slave to the Grind. I think it's absolutely, without a doubt, number one on my list. All right. And Wasp, The Last Command. What about you? I'll talk about it in a little bit. 
That should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> about Skid Row? Yeah, it's on my list. Oh, okay. Well, I thought we were talking about him as <laughs> oh, okay. we went. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it's, I mean, as much as I absolutely adore the first record, because it's great, uh, they really, I mean, they really came out firing on all cylinders with this one, because it, I don't know, it's just the production, the songwriting, it's a tad long. I think they could have cut a couple of songs off of it. That's my only critique on it. It's a little long. But oh man, you get one of the greatest albums of all freaking time, and it's like it's too awesome, it's too much awesome. I can't handle all of it. Hey, it needs more songs. Uh, if I could have a double album of Slave to the Grind with all the extra songs that maybe didn't make the album, or as we found out, there were none that didn't make the album, yeah. or at least one or the two of the versions, and uh, yeah, more the better. No, it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong, and it's probably the their best performance for each one as an individual musician on a record so it's yeah it, and you know debuted at number one i just love the fact that they went heavier on the second record knowing that they were probably going to debut at number one yeah i mean how many people that that only knew i remember you bought that record and were like what is this totally yeah yeah but there was a couple of songs yeah. on there um now the ballads on it are, are really good but they're very deep you know right yeah. that's the thing i love about those ballads where I remember you as kind of like a nice, you know, holding hands with your, you know, when you're a teenager with your girlfriend kind of song. But like the ballads on Slave to the Grind have a whole nother level to them. Well, they're dark. Where where it's like almost like a if there was such a thing as a progressive ballad. Yeah. You know, you could almost call it that because it's not just, oh, I'm in love and she loves me and I love her kind of song. These are some deep introspective things where the music slowed down and the music's pretty and it's beautiful, but it's still heavy mm-hmm. and smash and box delivery. This is a smash and box love fest today. Not bad for a guy that hates us, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like in the song wasted time is, uh, Oh God. So good. You know, and it, he wrote it about, you know, Steven Adler's heroin addiction when you know that story behind it, it, it takes an even darker turn when you listen to it. It's like, man, he really yeah, I did not even know that. Yeah. That's he wrote. Cause he was watching what Steven was going through, getting thrown out of guns and roses and throwing his life away with heroin. And, and, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Sebastian wrote it. Maybe it was snake or, or Rachel, yeah. but whoever wrote it, that was the point of view they wrote it from is they're, they're talking about Steven Adler's drug addiction. Yeah, and smash box delivery of it too is just out of this oh, it's, world. So gut wrenching at times, you know. It's yeah, I can't love this album enough, and I can't love it anymore. All right, so let's move on to Wasp: The Last Command. See, this was the one that gave me problems last week because I was really on the fence about the Wasp debut album because this was the album that really did it for me when I was young. I had this on LP when I was a little kid, and listened to the hell out of it. But I think looking back now, I do got to agree with you and what you said last week about the debut album being the one that Wasp was never able to quite touch. Yeah, I agree. It's a great record, though. I mean, you know, the, the first three, four albums from Wasp are, are you know, they're, they're hard to, criti- to really critique because they're just so good. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Extreme Porno Graffiti. Uh, I think most people would probably say yes. I like some of their weird stuff that came out later like the three sides to every story yeah i like the second half of that album the most i think out of all the extreme i think i like their first album better just because it's more hair metal and less funk i just didn't get yeah. get as much into the funk thing um but it's great it's it's a, it's a great record all right this one this one was a great one but i love his later day solo work but this was a great album michael monroe not faking it yeah, that's where I first learned about Michael Monroe. That's not his debut solo album? No, it's his second one. Okay, I did not know that. Well, to me it was because that was the first time I ever heard of Michael Monroe. First time I'd ever heard of Hanoi Rocks or any of that stuff. But I remember the music video for Dead Jailer and Rock and Roll. With Axel, yeah. And it was killer. And I was, man, this song is awesome. The rest of the album, eh, there's some decent stuff on there, but it's not totally great but that one song is awesome which is attested to by the fact that so many bands cover that song so many too many 
great song, but the, the the song that sticks with me on that record is "Man with No Eyes." I just it's a yeah. it's a poppier song, but it just it it stuck out at the time. It was very different from a lot of other stuff that was going on. And I remember that video; I got pretty good airplay. Yeah, you know, of course that that helps having Axel in the video before oh, it. Sure, because MTV's like, oh, Axel likes these guys, so we should play them more often. Yeah, that Dead Jailer um, rock and roll song, the music video made me go out and buy the CD when I was a kid, when I was young, I guess teenager. Do you remember who's playing bass on that album? No, John Regan from. Oh Fraley's yeah, Town. that's right. I do remember that now. That's awesome. Yep. What a guy. This next one I put on here just because this is really the only album by this band that I know, and it's their second record, and that's Sleazebees, Screwed, Blued, and Tattooed. Yeah, I'll say yes, because it's a good album, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not really sure about it's, the rest. <laughs> it's a good album all the way through. That's kind of It's a little bit of a lost gem from that area. You don't really hear much about it anymore, but, um, but yeah, I like it. I just picked that one up. I found it for the first time a couple of months ago, and I was like, oh, I know this band. I've heard of them heard of them a million times and i know this album i remember it when i was young and so i picked it up and i forgot how good it was and i had no idea the whole album is really good yeah my list is about 15 long now <laughs> oh shit oh wait make make that 16 yeah tora tora wild america Hell yes. No question about it, man. I love this album so much. And anybody that's listened to this show for any kind of amount of time knows that this album means a lot to both myself and Chris. So I got to guess this one's also in your top five. Uh, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yep, definitely going to be there. All right. One more. And I know you're not going to pick it, but I do think it's probably their best record. White Lion Pride. It might be their best record. I don't think it'll make my top five, but I think Pride is it's pretty good. Although Main Attraction's good too. I don't know, but yeah, they're they're both good records. But the, not going to make my list. Yeah, I'm not really a huge White Lion guy, but I know there are some songs on Pride that I like. Yeah. All right, so that's a pretty good list right there that we just went through. Yeah. So let me let me look at what we got here. I, I'm I'm confident in in the five I've picked. These are just my favorites, but uh, but yeah, I'm pretty confident what I've got. Yes, I won't know. Yes, no, I'm ready. I got it. Okay, man, that's hard because I got <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got ten of them that made my list, so I got to whittle out five of them, which is not easy to do. But I've done it. I've whittled them down to five. This is my, uh, yeah, this is my quick reaction. All right, what's your, what, do you want to just do your top five and then I'll do mine? Sure. Right. This is what I feel in my heart as I look at this list and think about the discussion we had today, along with the discussion we had last week when we talked about the best debut albums and what's left and what's out there. So this is what I got. Number five. I'm going to give it to Shotgun Messiah with Second Coming because, I mean, they didn't have a lot of albums. And after Second Coming, I mean, that was the album where it really came together for them because before Second Coming, they were kind of a different band. And then after Second Coming, they were definitely a different kind of band because they turned into industrial metal. Although I did, Violet New Breed's a decent record, though. Yeah, if you like Nine Inch Nails, there ain't nothing to hate about that album, but I'm not a big Nine Inch Nails industrial rock guy, you know. But if you love Ministry, you really should check out that third Shotgun Messiah album. But for me, Second Coming, yeah, it's yeah. definitely top five. And for me, it's number five. All right. At number four, I'm going to go with Faster Pussycat, Wake Me When It's Over. Love Faster Pussycat, one of my all-time favorite bands. And that cassette tape, when I was a teenager was with me constantly as I carried my boom box everywhere I went, you know? Mm -hmm. So that album really, really means a lot to me. If I had a dollar for every time I listened to that tape or CD over the years, man, I could probably retire. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, Number three, Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. Hard to top that. Number two, Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman. And like I said, number one, the first one I thought of when we talked about doing a second parter to this easily skid row slave to the grind all right it's the hell of a top five yeah all right good albums all of them so mine uh you got a couple of your picks that i have too so uh my number five i'm gonna go with skid row slave to the grind i think it's a amazing record i'm just going and then you know i could any of these could be interchangeable but this is what i felt today 
My number four is Van Halen 2 because I go back to it all the time. It's just, yeah, if I go to Van Halen, it's almost always this album. Okay. Number three, Sebastian Bach, Angel Down. I'm telling you, people, if you love Skid Row and you have not heard Angel Down, you're really missing out on something because that album is outstanding and nobody ever talks about it because I guess it's a few years old now and Sebastian came out with an album after that. The vibe wasn't right on that other album, no. not like this. Whatever whatever was going on on Angel Down, man, he really hit it. If he was coming back and saying, I'm going to come out with the album that should have followed Slave to the Grind. I think he nailed it with Angel Down. Well, and that's, I mean, that's why I'm putting it in my list is because it's one of those, one of those, because it's its a rare thing when a when an older artist, especially one who's broken from the band that made him famous, can put out an album as good as this one. Mm-hmm. I have to give it credit. And it's definitely, definitely the best thing he ever did. What do you think would have happened if, as soon as Sebastian Bach left Skid Row, if he would have came back like a couple of months later, right away with Angel Down? Do you think that would have made a difference? At that point in time, probably not. Cause, no, because I well, I mean, because people weren't even paying attention to Subhuman Race when it came out. You know, it, it right it bombed. You know, it wasn't. But Subhuman Race wasn't. I don't think if you were a Skid Row fan, I don't think Subhuman Race was really something that got you excited when you got it. If you were a fan of the first one, followed them through to Slave to the Grind, we're in on that. Yeah, and then Subhuman Race comes out is you know, and some people love it. I don't hate it. I think it's a good album. I still love it, but. Angel Down, I think, is better than oh, Subhuman Race. It's a better, it's not a, but it's not discounting the Skid Row name or Sebastian's. It's more of the time that it would have come out at. It's because yeah. I don't know, even if Skid Row had done another Slave to the Grind or the first album, I just don't know, I just don't know that it would have gotten that much attention. It just, unless you were up in that Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, you know, air where you could kind of survive those trends you were going to get swallowed up and all those bands did. So I don't, I, I think it would have done better than it did, obviously, because people were still buying yeah. music back then, but, but, uh, would have done better. I don't know that it would have been a big master, huge thing for him though. Yeah. Cause I always think, cause I remember back like when I would have my bands that I liked and a lot of my friends and a lot of my peers would treat me like, Oh, you're, you're stuck in the past. You're stuck in the past. You know, we're in the now, you know, they would say things like, you know, yeah, yeah I'm into, you know, Pantera and Faith No More and White Zombie and Skid Row, you know, and Skid Row would be the one band that all the cool hip kids that were into the new thing would always still say, yeah, but Skid Row's good, you know, and they, well, fuck Motley Crue and fuck Poison and fuck all those bands, but not Skid Row's all right. You know, I think maybe they could have, they could have carried through with a better album. You do make a good point because they did still have the kind of the street cred that they had going for them at the time. That's just too bad. Subhuman race was not a better record. Um, my number two, this is no shocker. Tora Tora, wild America. One of my favorite records of all time and just a complete record from front to back. And I never get tired of listening to it. I still listen to it regularly. It's just definitely the best record the band's ever done. And I like all the other stuff, but I, I love this album the most. See, when we talk about Shotgun Messiah being such an underrated thing that, you know, Tora Tora is the same thing. You know, people, I think generally, unless you're a Decibel Geek listener or a fan of music like we are, most people don't generally know who the hell Tora Tora even is. Yeah. But I think if you played most people the album Wild America, they would jam on it and they would probably like it a lot. Yeah. And come to Rock and Pod in August, and you can meet Anthony, the singer. <laughs> That's right. Get your Wild America CDs and albums and cassette tapes autographed. Yeah, I got a vinyl. I'm going to get him to sign that I ordered from France. <laughs> right on. That's cool. Yeah. And I've got my CD already signed from the time he was on the show with us. And uh, my number one, such a cool dude. My number one, my favorite sophomore album of all of these that that we talked about today, Shotgun Messiah, Second Coming. Wow, I'm shocked. Should have been, I mean, should have been a massive, massive hit. And I so wish that lineup would have continued in the direction yes. they were in. I was so heartbroken when the third album, the follow-up to Shotgun Messiah came out because I liked Second Coming so much. And when I heard Shotgun Messiah was coming out with a new album, I was so excited. And when I got it... <laughs> You're like, what is this? I was like, what the hell, man? What happened? Yeah. You know, it's... It's the dudes, you know, it's it's Tim Scold and it's Harry Cody in this band, but 
this is weird. This is different, you know, and I don't like it. It was to go from second coming to that was just a man, what a letdown, yeah, huge letdown because second coming was so good. Yeah, disappointing because, you know, they hopped on a trend is what they did, yeah. you know, but uh worked out for Tim, though. I mean, he wound up in Marilyn Manson's band, has done a whole lot yeah. of stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, he got credibility for it, you know, in a time where you probably didn't get much credibility for being in a band like Shotgun Messiah, no matter how unique they were, or how cool they were, or how different they were from anything else that was out there. They looked like 80s LA rock bands, you know, and so they didn't get the love that they should have got. But I think if they would have been wearing, you know, just jeans and t-shirts and didn't have awesome long hair, then maybe they would have been treated like the next new crazy thing because they were so different. Yeah. I could have seen Shotgun Messiah fitting right in with Red Hot Chili Peppers or anything else from that time. Yeah. I mean, they... There's so much potential there, and that record just—I yeah. so, wish so many more people. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. Buy the record; it's worth buying, and uh, and listen to it because it's so damn good. So those are your assignments for the week. If you do not have Second Coming by Shotgun Messiah or have not heard it, please go listen to it. If you haven't heard Wild America by Tora Tora, you gotta go check that out. And if you haven't heard Angel Down by Sebastian Bach, go buy yourself a copy of that. You can thank us later because these are three albums that, though they may not be on the top list of most people, they're right up in the top list for us. And so these albums are highly recommended. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, and, and let us know what you you know what your top five is in the comment section. Heck yeah! And as always, you know we love to have that conversation. Hit us up on our Facebook page, give us a like and a follow. Man, we're creeping up on eight thousand. Man, we've been around for a while. We've got a lot of friends and followers out there. So join in on us with that. Then, if you're also on Facebook, you can join the Decibel Geek community. Where there's all kinds of cool rock and rollers carrying on all kinds of cool conversations you can check out all that and get involved there if you need a decibel geek t-shirt and let's face it who don't you can get one from clickteeshop.com that's clickteeshop with a k check them out they've got a bunch of cool stuff over there um yeah the quarantines and shit are getting lifted in nashville so do you got a rock and pot update for us? Well, nothing I can officially announce as of this recording, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't tell all the awesome stuff you told me before we started. Not, even though by the time most people hear it, it'll probably be announced. But no, I don't want, I don't want to jinx things. I'm superstitious. All right, let's not jinx things. So by this time next week, we should have a bunch more really cool announcements coming your way. I know a handful of really good podcasts are coming to Nashville on August 6th through the 8th. Got our tickets. You got to get them. You got to get them at rockandpod.com. Do you got your hotel room? That's the most important thing. If you don't have a hotel room, you're probably still going to have a good time, but you're not going to have as good a time as those of us that got hotel rooms. I told you last week, I live right up the road, but I still get a hotel room because I don't want to miss nothing. I want to hang out with my old friends. I want to hang out with my new friends. After the expo's over, I want to go have a beer in the hotel bar and look around me and see all kinds of cool rock stars, all kinds of awesome podcasters, and all kinds of cool people that appreciate rock and roll and podcasting and that's where it all comes together august 6th through the 8th what's the hotel the hilton yeah, right Hilton nashville airport just go to rockandpod.com and there's links to tickets vip hotel room everything heck yeah join us for the party like i said the restrictions are all getting lifted in nashville things are looking good they're on the up and up and come august it's going to be the kickoff to the rest of our lives it's going to be fun and i can't think of a better way to do it so get your hotel rooms and get in on it with us if you know a podcast out there that rocks you think they should be at rock and pod go ahead and direct them to that website maybe they could be there too you want to come hang out with us and have fun and let's party. Let's have a rock and roll party. It's been so long. I can't wait. We're going to go insane in August on the 6th through the 8th in Nashville for Rockin' Pod 2021. I'm so excited. I've been training my liver. Let's do this. Yeah, I train it every Friday night with you and our mascot. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do to get in shape for Rockin' Pod. Yeah. We've been out of practice for a year. The wrong kind of shape, but okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. But yeah, this was a lot of fun today. Yeah. 
Thanks, everybody, that suggests stuff for us to talk about because we can always use good ideas. We were just coming up with a new one before we recorded today. We're going to have a new experiment we're going to be trying in the very near future. Yep. Not sure what we're doing next week, but I am certain it will have something to do with rock and roll and our love of it because that's what we do here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. So if there's nothing else, I guess we'll see you guys next week. See you. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.